You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And we'll go back into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you, still kind of basking in that offensive explosion, George, for the first time we saw this season, 34 points. I didn't even ask you on Sunday, but I'll ask you now, I guess, as a kind of to a way to put a bow on that Colts win over the Jaguars in week six, as we start to look ahead now towards week seven, we still have one concern coming out of that uh, Jaguars game that we'll get into. And also don't look fast, George. Every time we talk about the Colts, it's always been about the division when it comes to playoffs. Could this team make a wild card run? We'll discuss their sitting through one third of the season in the AFC, but I forgot to ask you on Sunday, was the Lucas oil stadium scoreboard ready to, to put a three on the home side, uh, number, my goodness, 34. Hope, hope the lights are ready. I've been a long time since I needed to use that much of the scoreboard. There's no question about it. I wonder how Matt Taylor's voice is too. He had to call what four touchdowns. I think on, yeah. on Sunday, that was like almost doubled the, the season total. So, uh, no, I mean, that was, that was an offensive performance that was absolutely necessary. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how sustainable this is now moving forward. And long overdue, even going back to last year as well, very long overdue. But I'm glad you just said on a keyword there, George, sustainable. Because you and I were talking uh, before the pod today, you made a great observation. The Colts right now don't look out or don't look now. They're on a two-game winning streak. And these last two wins could not be more polar opposite, right? Thursday in Denver, they cannot score an offensive touchdown and really show any signs of life. That was a defensive-dominated game. Really, the defense kind of gave the offense a spark that they needed to go down and tie the game. And then, as we know, on Sunday against the Jaguars, Colts defense, especially in the run game, could not stop a nosebleed. And that was all on Matt Ryan in the offense, really leading this team to victory, scoring 34 points and, and leading them offensively. So it's two wins in a row, two very different styles, and two very different reactions by Colts fans, right? I mean, I'll include in this on Thursday night. That was just pure disgust. They won the game, but it almost felt like a loss with how bad the offensive line looked, how bad Matt Ryan looked. And frankly, it was just more of like, all right, the, the Broncos stink, but I guess, you know, they're somehow even worse than where the Colts are. And then you look after Sunday, the offense looks good. They finally, for the first time, play up to their potential. And now there's some optimism coming out of this team. So looking ahead, George, you, you say the word sustainable, and it's very key. Can the Colts win like they did more going forward on Sunday, where they score and kind of is led by the offense? 
or is this a team that's going to have more success being led by the defense? Before we get your and my opinion, we asked the fans. We put a poll out there on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three and at GM Bremer on Twitter is where you can find that poll question. Just seeing what, what's the pulse of the fan base like? Do they prefer uh, one style of winning? George, let's just say they definitely do prefer. The fans are uh, much more happier, let's say, the Colts winning in an offensive explosion when the offense looking good compared to the defense playing uh, really good. 88% of fans that have voted in this poll have said we'd rather see an offensive explosion leading to a Colts win rather than defensive dominance. Let me ask you this, George. Will Colts fans get what they want? Moving forward, if the Colts are going to win games and be a contender in the AFC, can they win like they did on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, where the offense is leading the way? Or do they have to win more games than kind of going back to last Thursday where it's more defensive-driven? Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see, isn't it? I think that's kind of the 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 chicken or the egg thing right now with, with this league. You know, are you better off if you can stop people in a league where all the rules uh, favor the offense? Or are you better off if you can take advantage of all of those rules that favor the offense? Uh, and I think it, it's not just the fans. I mean, I think it's the media and it's it's the coaches. I mean, it, it's everyone. If you look out there at the power rankings, how often does a really good defensive team that maybe struggles to score get ranked higher than a than a really good offensive team that may have struggles on the other side of the ball? You know, I think everybody kind of leans towards that. The rules lean towards that. I think the Colts are going to have to. I don't think it has to look exactly like it did Sunday, but they're going to have to have a competent offense to to really you know make a run this year to win this division, to go into the playoffs and do some of the things that we talked about in the preseason. You're going to have to be able to score consistently, and what does that mean? Probably 25 ish points a game at, at minimum. You know they they came in at 13.8, which is just unbelievably Pitiful. bad. And I think that's part of this, too. I don't blame anybody who felt like this was some kind of revelation on Sunday. You've been waiting seven games, I think, going back to last year. Maybe it's eight uh, for this team to score more than 20 points in a game and and for them to come out and look the way they did, especially in the second half. uh, Obviously, it's going to bring a lot more optimism to people. Um, And I just think you, you go even Nick Saban's on board with this. You know, look at Alabama. They spread people out. They're a big offensive team now. Bryce Young and, and before him, Tua Tungavailoa and, and Mac Jones. Um, it, it's it's the way football has evolved. You know, Georgia's probably the one outlier out there. Uh, maybe the Steelers were the NFL's version of that. But, you know, they tried to lean into that this year, and it's not going so well for them. I, I think you have to have an offense that at least scares the other team, that at least can, you know, make plays when, when it needs to. I wonder this, you know, I kind of ask you, Ryan, is the old saying, you know, defense wins championships, is that true anymore? I don't think so, George. I don't think so. And you mentioned before, there, there's just too much right now. It's twofold. Number one, the rules too much favor the offense. Whether it's, as we've seen this, this you know, in the last few weeks, roughing the passer. Like, now you can't hit the quarterback. You can't touch any receiver down the field. So it's so hard to play defense in general. Now the rules are, are so slanted towards the offensive favor that, like you said, you're better off kind of going all in. If you have to go all in on one side of the ball, going all in on the offensive side of the ball compared to the defense, you know, you're better off being like the Chiefs compared to, let's say, the Legion of Boom and the Seahawks a decade ago because I don't think that style is really getting you uh, a Super Bowl and that dominance like they had in, you know, three or four-year window in the early 2010s. I don't think they're, the Seahawks would have that kind of similar dominance now because it's so much harder to play defense, number one. And also, number two, I think just the players and the talent is so high that it's like even when you're playing great defense, you have great defenders, 
the quarterback's accuracy is on point now. The receivers are freaks. The you know running backs are fast and strong. And you know even if you have good coverage now, you see so many dual threat quarterbacks that even if you do everything right in the back seven, well, there's you know and then the quarterback breaks containers, making runs, and it's it's hurting you that way. So you look around, especially in the AFC. You know, two of the best teams this year, at least through six weeks, Chiefs and the Bills. What do they have in common? Two high-powered offenses. Now, to the Bills' credit, they are way more balanced. They have a good defense. But the Chiefs, the last three, four years, it's like they've been, you know, led by their defense. It's basically, we're going to score 35 points a game and bank on one, maybe two stops from our defense. And to Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes' credit, that's one more game than not. They got a Super Bowl doing it. And they, you know, have four straight AFC title uh, game appearances. So I, I think defense is, is at this point trying to win a championship. That's that moniker is dead. How about yourself? I agree. You know, I, I just think that everything that we see kind of points the other direction. I mean, it, it, how many times we talk about it's a quarterback driven league. You know, what does that mean? It means offense is, is what's winning these games for you. You know, I, I think more NFL games anymore come down to you know, one drive at the end of the fourth quarter. It feels like every week, you know, it, it's sort of all over the league somebody's got the ball with two minutes or so to go. And then that's going to determine the game. And more often than not, what your quarterback can do in that situation determines the outcome of the game. I think that was one of the big things on Sunday. Matt Ryan made some plays. that are just remarkable. There's one on Twitter right now. I think I tweeted out on game day that had no business being a completion. He gets hit as he's releasing the ball. The ball kind of somehow floats out there. Michael Pittman runs under it, turns it into a first down. Uh, I'm not sure who missed the assignment. I, one of the things that bothers me about pro football focus, when you're trying to grade the film, you don't know what the actual play call was. And you don't know what the responsibilities were, but either, or maybe both Matt Pryor or Philip Lindsay really missed the block there. I mean, Lindsay blocked nobody, but Pryor blocked nobody. So it's tough to say exactly who uh, two guys came through. Uh, one of them ran right past Lindsay as he was running his run fake and absolutely destroys Matt Ryan on the throw. But Ryan to get that ball off was remarkable. For Pittman to get under it was remarkable. But I think we've seen Matt Ryan do that the last couple of weeks. I mean, you go back to the Denver game, uh, the, the play where Alec Pierce basically blocked out a defender. Again, yeah. Matt Ryan hit on the play, and the ball's floating out there. Um, you got, I think you've got to find ways to do that in this league. And it goes back to what you were just saying. Defenses can do everything right. You had two free rushers on that play. One of them hit Ryan as he threw. Still a first down. Doesn't matter. Like it's just it's so hard to play defense nowadays. Now we'll say with all that said, with everything kind of geared towards the offense, with it being you know, when the, if you have a franchise quarterback, obviously you're going to be winning a lot of games and always be in the Super Bowl conversation. With all that said, George, for this Colts team this year, going back to our question. I think they need, they're going to need to win more games like they did in Denver. Now, trust me, not as ugly. I would, you know, please, I would love a few offensive touchdowns and keep Matt Ryan upright. But if you look at how this team is constructed so far, you kind of mentioned it. Like, I think one of the, if the Colts were to be offensive driven, I think they have to be more explosive. Like, I don't think you can be a team led by your offense and have your offense be stronger than your defense when there's really no threat downfield. And there's really no way to create explosive plays. Like I do think you need an ability to score quick within a minute or two, or just have that one game breaker at receiver, at tight end, at running back that can you know hit a home run 80 yards. And now I know Jonathan Taylor's been out for a few weeks, and he's been able to you know no do that once or twice. But George, you look at so far this offense, like the low or the quickest drive that they have had. That's not been a turnover. Like, you know, you had Sky Moore fumble 
right at the goal line. So that's like a three-play drive. It doesn't really count. But the longest, like, normal drive the Colts have had that led to a touchdown, the shortest one, I should say, is seven plays. So it's like they, they don't, they're not a two- or three-play, quick-score, big-time threat kind of offense. Their longest touchdown this season was Alec Pierce's 32-yarder with 17 seconds. Like that, that's the longest play the Colts have had that's led to a touchdown. Before that's Michael Pittman. And you have to go back to week one, that was 15 yards. Like they don't score a lot of plays out or a lot of touchdowns that begin outside of the red zone. And I just don't think you can truly lean on your offense to guide you to victory when you basically need to go on a 8, 10, 12 play, six, seven, eight, you know, eight minute drive every single time to score a touchdown and convert three or four first downs. I just don't think that's sustainable. And also, too, if you get stopped once or twice, especially early on, like we've seen this Colts offense get off to a hot, uh, slow start. It's t- they've been able to do it, and credit to them so far. But it's still tough to ask your team against better teams and better defenses moving forward to constantly dig yourself out of a hole or make every single drive basically be touchdown or bust. That's where when you look at this team, I still think they need to rely on their defense. I agree with you, and I think a great point of that, that the game-winning drive on Sunday was 11 plays. It was 227, but it was still 11 plays. It was a lot of you know dink and dunk and getting down the field, and I think it goes back to our favorite topic one that we just can't get away from the offensive line. Um, you know, I think they're just, you don't have the time to, to develop a deep passing play right now. You, you just don't. Matt Ryan can't stand back there in the pocket and wait for Alec Pierce to get open. I think he's got that ability. I think you saw a flash of it there at the end on that 32 yard touchdown. I think if you get better protection moving forward, he can be a guy who stretches defenses. We know Paris Campbell can, we've seen him do that in, in years past, you know, the 50, 60 yard touchdown play. Uh, but right now, I don't think that can really be a part of the Colts playbook because if you're asking Matt Ryan to take a seven-step drop and wait and let that guy get separation and throw the ball downfield, he's gonna he's gonna die before the play is is completed. You know, I mean, there's just no there's just no way around it right now, and that's why I think you know when we talk on Sunday, my game ball from this week goes to Frank Reich because he found a way to scheme up around this offensive line against a Jacksonville team we know. Jacksonville's entire dominance of this series, especially the games down there, has been winning in the trenches. And even the games the Colts win here in Indianapolis are ugly most of the time. And it's because Jacksonville's beating them up front. They were able to kind of neutralize that on Sunday. Uh, And really, I think even early in the game, we were talking earlier, you were re-watching the game, and, and there were some ugly moments in the first half of this game. There's no doubt about it. A lot of that still was self-inflicted stuff with the Colts. It wasn't necessarily, um, you know, them not running the scheme well. It was penalty on the first drive that kind of yep. killed it. You know, just little, little things that they don't do right. Uh, and that's that goes back to I think that just all feeds into the point that you had when you're able to have that quick strike Kansas City Buffalo offense and you can do it in three plays. You don't have to worry so much when you're going 11, 12, 13 plays consistently. There's just that much more time for a penalty, a bad snap, just a, a regular play where the defense makes a good a play sack, and puts you right. behind the, the 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 sticks. Right. So you're like it's such an uphill climb where if you get like it's almost kind of like a triple option team where it's like where things are rolling and you're always ahead of the chains. Okay, sure, you could score 45 points a game. Like, you know, we've seen Army or Navy hang some big numbers in college football, but you see as soon as it's like second and 12, third and nine, the offense stalls and it's like you're right. You just go off schedule, even for one or two plays. You're asking a lot for your then offense to come through. Now, again, Matt Ryan and the Colts have done so, but it's like to 
basically rely on that to, to win games, I don't think is sustainable. And maybe even an easier way to kind of break this down. I know fans want to see offense. Again, I want to see offense too. Like, George, I'm sure you did. Offensive mm-hmm. touchdowns are fun. It's fun to see the offense have success. The NFL knows it. That's why they've driven uh, or geared so many of the rules towards offense. Fans like touchdowns. They like big plays. But it's like, so even if, like, let's just pretend if the Colts were not playing uh, the Titans this week, let's say they're playing the Chiefs. Like, is the game plan going to be, oh, we're just going to outscore them, getting a shootout, and and win 40 to 35? Like, no. They won that game because oh. their defense played one of the best games of the season. Like, so far, they have three wins. Two out of the three have been on the backs of the defense. And so now that we're sitting here a third of the way through the season, and for a majority of your wins, it's been, you know, more defensive-driven than offensive-driven. I just right now can't see, or I wouldn't scheme up or rely, I should say, even after one good game, I'm not going to get it caught up on, oh, the offense looks really good, so let's just kind of ride them. I think, I mean, play to your your talent right now, and that's still needing your defense to step up and limit a lot of these offenses. And I think that goes back to one of the other things that we kind of discussed this morning. What is the identity of this offense now? You know, for years, it was run the damn ball. And that really started in 2018 in the Buffalo game. They had 200-yard game. I think it was like 36-5. to It was a really weird final score. They go back the next week, and they win in Oakland, and they rush for 200 more. And that that really was kind of cemented this whole idea that, that they're going to be a bully team. They're going to run the ball. Still had Andrew Luck at that time, and they still were, were a run-first football team. I wonder if perhaps that era died on Sunday. That's one of the questions that I have, you know, are they going to be, even when Jonathan Taylor comes back this week, are they going to be more pass to set up the run? Because I think that's what you need to be in the NFL. Uh, but I think that's twofold. One, will the offensive line let them be that team? And two, is it the best use of the personnel? I would argue from what we've seen from Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman Jr., Mo Alley Cox, Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods recently, I would argue, yes, the personnel is there to do it. I'm with you. And right, like, I, I totally agree. And especially, you know, as you look up at this big road test on Sunday against the Titans, like, if Jonathan Taylor does return and is back, right, I'm with you. I still think it's a pass first. I think, like, what we saw on Sunday can be a recipe for success. Now they're going to score 34 points every single game and Matt Ryan, you upright? Absolutely not, right? I still am not ready to say that even at just, you know, one game is nice. But the one thing we have yet to see so far, George, from this team is consistency. Forget just one game to the next, one half to the next. You know, this team has not played a complete game yet this season. So, and by no way am I going to be, you know, saying, oh, what we saw on Sunday is going to, you know, that's the form, oh, that's, you know, going to be replicated moving forward. I think, you know, neither of us are saying that. With that said, I think the formula for how they won is how it has to go down moving forward, even with Jonathan Taylor returning. You're right. This has to be a pass first team that passes to set up the run that should play to the offensive line strengths get the ball out quick, kind of get Tennessee back, and maybe that can open up some more running lanes for Jonathan Taylor because so far when he's been in the game, through four games so far when he's been healthy, they, they've tried to run the ball first. It has not worked, George. So just no reason to try to go back to that. I think you're right. I think run the damn ball. That era for four years. I think we can put it, get the grave, buy the tombstone, RIP. Started with the Buffalo Bills, ended with the Jacksonville Jaguars. On Sunday, it has to be now going forward past first step to run. Yeah, I, I think you've got to play into to what you have, right? To what your team really uh, is telling you it is. And I think we've been waiting all year for this offense to kind of show an identity. I think that's what Sunday did. It showed us who they can be. A quick passing game, 
you know, get spread the ball around, let your playmakers make plays in space. And then I think if you add a Jonathan Taylor running game to that formula, it can be a pretty good offense. It's not like you said, it's not going to be Kansas City. It's not going to be a quick strike offense. It's not going to be an offense that puts up 30 points a game. But I think it can be an offense that scores more than 13 points a game, which is what it was the first five weeks of the season. Absolutely. And if you're doing that, like, again, this defense outside of Sunday has played really well so far through the first five games that if you're scoring 24 points per game, you're winning more than you're not. And it's a it's a very interesting schedule, too, George. You kind of look ahead after this Tennessee game and after they kind of finish that big stretch um, against the you know divisional opponents where it's first uh, five division opponents in the first seven games. Like, they play the Commanders. You have the Patriots, the Raiders, the Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys going into the bye. Like, that's a big stretch going forward here where you can not only, you know, make a run, but you're also going against some good defenses. They're going to provide a good test where, honestly, you look at any of those teams, I don't f- really fear any of them scoring 27, 20 points per game. So it should be, I say, relatively lower scoring. But again, you're scoring 24, 27, 28 points a game if you're the Colts offense. You don't have to be, right, top five in the league. But if you're just middle tier, this should be a playoff team. And it's kind of goes back to, if, you know, which side are you going to, like, are the Colts going to be more successful this year if they if they lean more on their defense or their offense? 24 points is still, you know, a good amount of points. 27 points is still a good amount of points for sure. But it still goes back to kind of relying on defense to make, you know, a few stops and neutralizing some of these high-powered offenses you're still going to face. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to win a shootout with Kansas City. They're not going to win a shootout with Buffalo. I don't know. We're going to find out later in the year. I don't think they're going to win a shootout with Philadelphia, to be honest. Um, you know, I think Philadelphia is probably one of the more balanced teams. They're, they're right now looking at the best team in the NFC, but um, I don't think they're necessarily looked at as as a really offensive juggernaut, but they're they're doing it in a, in a very unique way with Jalen Hurts and that, that run game. And I think that's an offense the Colts probably don't want to get into a scoring competition with. You know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how it goes moving forward. But I do think maybe you're starting to see the identity of this football team change a little bit. Uh, and, and a lot of that is due to Matt Ryan. What are his strengths? Well, pushing the tempo, getting the ball out fast, spreading it around. What we saw on Sunday, the biggest key to Sunday, though, and it's the one that, that has to be, you know, goes back into your, your comment about consistency. No sacks, no turnovers, you know. You've got to continue to live 21 sacks and, and what was it? 11 turnovers. I think in the first five weeks, that's how you end up as the lowest scoring offense in the league. That's the biggest thing from Sunday. They've got to carry over anything else scheme wise or, you know, run pass comes secondary to protecting Matt Ryan and protecting the football. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I said, I hope I really do hope, like I said, the, the identity of the Colts was established on Sunday, their identity of being a pass first, doesn't matter if you can't push the ball down the field 20 yards. And even if the offensive line, you still don't trust to have Matt Ryan take a seven step drop and, you know, try to air it out, you know, 40 yards. I still think his arm would be able to make the throw. Like the Alec Pierce throw looked good, but you, as you mentioned before, I just don't think still, even with how good the offensive line played on Sunday, you feel good enough to that point where you can now start calling consistently deeper routes and try to push the ball down the field, become a more explosive offense. But Hey, like I said, as long as, long as you're not turning the ball over, and keep Matt Ryan upright, you see this offense, they could score. They could stay on track. They can get positive uh, yards on first, second down, staying third in manager, which they did a great job of doing for most of the game on Sunday. And they can get in the end zone four times like they did it and look really good for the first time this season. Speaking of the Colts looking good, George, now as we are a third away through the season, you look at where they're at at 3-2-1. and one. 
I would say the AFC so far through the first third of the season has been a little disappointing. And as we sit here heading to week seven, the Colts right now are a playoff team. The seventh and final wild card. We've always talked to the Colts in the vein of division winner, where this is going to kind of be a, a one bid division, if you will. Can the Colts, if they don't win the division, still make the playoffs as a wild card? We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 